1: Are you ready for rapid fire? Uh,
2: I am ready for rapid fire, but this this Wendy's breakfast in the chat right now. I know.
1: See, like this tells you where everyone's <laughs> minds went, you know, during right. some of that. But
2: so. I, I just think it's funny because when I left the emergency room a couple of days ago, I was starving and they kept pumping me with medicine. And so my stomach was just like, you know, just like, you know, when like you get a lot of medicine on, you take a lot of medicine on empty stomach, you just kind of feel the gurgles. Well, I hadn't had anything for breakfast, so I stopped at Wendy's actually and got uh, got some Wendy's breakfast. So mm. it made me think of that when they
1: when they started. Was it good? Breakfast. I don't think I've ever had Wendy's breakfast before. It's
2: uh, it got the job done. You know, what yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a classic McDonald's guy. Give me a good sausage McGriddle or you know whatever it might sausage be, biscuit. But, yeah, yeah sausage biscuit. But it got the job done.
1: Can't complain. Yeah. All right. Let's get a Notre Dame football question. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Marcus Freeman said today that center Zeke Carell practiced all week and he's going to play Saturday. He's going to start against Navy. It's
2: fantastic news. You know, when we talked about this kind of a week and a half ago and we were kind of given our, I would say, overreaction Tuesday of, you know, <laughs> Zeke Corral not playing and the possible implications. You know, the 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 center is like the linebacker of the offense, He's got to be able to set the the runner pass, you know, protection. Uh, be able to call out blitzes. Um, be able to, you know, work with his off- fellow offensive linemen in a weave, you know, nice flow type of system where they're just picking up and calling out blitzes. And I, I think all of that starts um, with your center. And so when you have your starting center in there, you have your starting quarterback in there everyone's on the same page everyone's you know being able to recognize and call out the plays um that are required and i I just think in in a in a a game where assignments are really really important that's you know when you play the naval academy or any of the academies you have to play really assignment sound football um and and you want your starting center in there for that reason because he's going to get you
1: to your assignment that's absolutely right and to have him in the middle with two Got with both guards who are going to be making their first starts, I just think that it is huge. So now you've got the guy making the calls in the middle of the line with all of the experience that he has, and you've got the tackles on the outside with all the experience that that they have. That So that's, that's just that much more kind of safety net for those two guards making their way through their first career start out there against what is – not necessarily a complex defense, but it, it is a defense that is going to play you physical. They're going to be tenacious. They're going to keep coming at you. They're going to do at least some unusual thing. So I think that it's just, it's so vital that Notre Dame ha- is going to be able to have Zeke Carell out there
2: on yeah. Saturday. And like you said, when you got, and another important aspect is when you have two first time starters at the guard position, uh, they need to be able to rely on the center, right? Like that's, that's their guy. Um, and he provides that experience, and I think he provides some of that comforting feeling, again, for first-time starters. And again, I mean, they're, they're on a big stage, right? Like, even though the opponent, well, you could say what you want with the opponent, they're still playing in Ireland. It's still a big deal. A lot of people are going to be there. It's the probably the most, you know, impactful, important game of the week zero games. Like, it, there's, there's still a lot riding on this game, you know? And so having a guy like Zeke Carell there to kind of maybe calm some of those nerves um, is very
1: important. Here's what I want to know. Trader Z, I pray no serious injuries. I think everyone's in on that for Notre Dame and both Angeli and Minchie get to play. So are we going to be on Angeli Minchie watch every week? Like, is that how this whole season's <laughs> going to go? When we you get when you have
2: some, a yet. situation like last year, there's just lingering PTSD that carries uh-huh. over into the next season.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and I mean, you know, it, it is navy. I don't know that they're necessarily gonna go out there and keep slinging the ball around if it gets to the point where Angeli and or Minchie get out there. I would doubt very, very much that Kenny Minchie sees the field in this game.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be the Hartman and Angeli show. And like I told you, and we'll get into oh man, I hope everyone joins our show tomorrow because I, I'll have a whole betting segment of my own. But <laughs> I, I just they're gonna let Sam Hartman light it up. And then I think you're going to see Angeli take it, take it into the take it into the house or, you know, into the shed or however you want to say it. You know what I mean? They'll they'll really build, build it up. Let Sam Hartman cook, let him get comfortable and then let Steve Angeli kind of ride off into the sunset with the rest of the game, I think, is what you'll see. You hit him hit that D cell, you
1: know, when Steve Angeli kind of comes in there towards the end. By the way, while Zeke Correll will play this week, Eli Raritan will not. We had a question about Eli Raritan earlier uh, this week, and Marcus Freeman said today that Raritan's target date to return is the North Carolina State game, week three, (laughs) September 9th. So uh, no Eli Raritan, and I think that's a good thing. They've got Holden stays. They've got Mitchell Evans. They've got Davis Sherwood as the number three guy right now I don't think that there is any reason to try to push Eli Raritan back one minute one game one week one day too soon after he's had ACL tears of the same knee two years in a row
2: yeah and they have plenty of depth at the tight end position there's bodies there um and it's not (laughs) it's not really uh uh you know there's (laughs) there's not a lot of separation between that tight end room right And so if you have a lot of bodies and there's not a lot of separation between, you know, the bodies that are in there, there's no reason to push a guy, um, especially with those prior kind of injuries to in 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 a physical type game for for no reason. Almost. Yeah.
3: If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: How will you define a successful season for Notre Dame football this year? Is it? And this is basically your minimal expectation. Like minimally, how will you define a successful season for Notre Dame? Yeah, um, I I define a successful season for Notre Dame
2: of one doing better than last year um, what that means is they were eight and four last year I would like them at very worst, and I'm not I'm not saying this is what is what I would determine to be successful but you at least have to go nine and three in my opinion um, a successful season is ten wins um, and whatever bull appearance kind of comes off of that and I think if you get 10 wins you're probably looking at some sort of New year six type bowl game so I will say personally for me getting better and and getting to a 10 win kind of crest and and being in some sort of um uh new year six type game and that's that's the basement for me the ceiling is of course I have I still have the expectation that they're contending for a national championship as a 11 and 1 team you know and and a perfect world a 12 and 0 team
1: yeah, the ceiling is a playoff, I think. But I think my minimal expectation is not just get to a New Year's Six Bowl, but win a New Year's Six Bowl. It's it's time. Yeah, I'd like to, to add that out. amendment to mine,
2: too, because they've had plenty of appearances in the last two decades, but they haven't won any of those New Year's Six games. Yes. So
1: I would say 10
2: wins and the 11th win being
1: in the New Year's Six game. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm looking at. 10-2 and two season and get to, or, or not get to, but win a New Year's Six Bowl, because that means you're going to be playing another quality opponent. They had that opportunity a couple of years ago. They got to the bowl, but again, they weren't able to win it because they weren't able to hold on in the second half. So, Yeah, and it's
2: interesting to get uh, over the hump. you asked this question because I saw something, I think, yesterday. You know, I've had a lot of time to myself in these last four days. It's been now a apparently lot of time. So. <laughs> laying down. <laughs> Um, and being on my phone. So I've been going through a lot of stuff. Um, Notre Dame was predicted to play Oregon, and the Fiesta Bowl, I believe, is where their prediction um, is at right now. So just kind of throwing that out there. You know, take what you want. I know it's, you know, haven't played a game yet, but that's that's the prediction for where people are seeing them kind of fall
1: by the end of the season. So longtime college football writer Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated said on the College Football Inquirer podcast this week, He wonders if Marcus Freeman was too nice in his first season as head coach. I don't think he's completely alone in this. He was obviously a popular assistant coach, popular with the team, and then uh, he got the promotion. Forty asked Freeman when he was in town a couple of weeks ago if he was meaner to his assistants this offseason. Freeman said, well, not meaner, (laughs) but more demanding. So what do you think of all this? I think um, this is just who, like, that's the Marcus Freeman.
2: That's who Marcus Freeman is. Like, that's the perfect kind of response. When things get bad under Marcus Freeman's, I guess, you know, oversight or control, it's not, Marcus Freeman doesn't just start yelling and getting mad at people and blaming other people. It's a lot of self-reflection and then realizing what he needs more Out of you know what he needs to demand out of his coaches, demand what he needs out of his players. And so I think it's a a great response. And I think it's a response that also makes a ton of sense because if you're going to work forward and you're gonna make you know fix mistakes because no one's gonna be perfect, things are gonna go wrong, they're gonna have to fix things on the fly. You need a relationship that is a good relationship, right? And so if you're just yelling and barking at someone. I don't know about you, but when you're someone's yelling and barking at you, there's hesitancy to kind of want to cooperate in a way that is most, you know, most productive. Right. And so when there's mutual respect and it's, hey, we need to have a conversation of we're not doing what we need to do right now. We need more out of you. I think that's different than just ripping into someone and getting mad and saying, right. you know, figure this out, essentially.
1: So I'd love that response on Marcus Freeman's behalf. You can be a nice guy, but you can also still be demanding when you're out there on the field. Right. And I, and I think that he was. And I think that some people – and I don't know if it was because we got so used to seeing Brian Kelly and some of his stuff on the, on the sidelines, like that, that Marcus Freeman was supposed to show all this emotion to be a good head coach. I, I don't think you necessarily need that. But at the same time, because of the relationships that he had, especially with assistants, going from being an assistant coach – who was on the staff? To now, all of a sudden, you've got guys who are essentially your peers. You've elevated on the food chain, and all of a sudden, they're working for you. So, I, I think that there, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a push and pull on how you're going to handle that as an assistant, especially as well liked as Marcus Freeman is, and it just, just just sort of how that dance was going to go. And so it makes sense that sort of after a season to sort of feel that out. And, and he found out about himself in a lot of different ways as a head coach last year, whether it was on game day, on Monday, on Tuesday, whatever, with all those relationships, you know, all the stuff working with guys who are now again, working under him as well as the, uh, the players, but now, you know, going into year two, it's like, okay, I've got to expect more. I, I I need more from you in in this facet. I think that he kind of had to learn the buttons that needed to be pushed. And even, you know, we've, we've talked about it. Even out there was some of the emotion that he was showing when he was talking to his team, kind of trying to fire them up before practices this year, when he was getting out there and, you know, kind of getting on them a little bit, trying to motivate them a little bit. So I think that he's, he's figuring out what buttons that he needed to be pushed. I don't. I don't think you can just, like you said, you just can't come out firing, and you're, you know, you're yelling and you're pushing, doing all this stuff, all at once. Especially when you've shown that that's not necessarily your personality. Right. Got to, to stay true to, to who he is. I think. So according to multiple reports, Stanford, Cal, and SMU are now seriously being considered for membership in the ACC. ACC is expected to get an extra $2.2 million per school annually if they're to add these three teams. And all three of them have um, are, are willing, apparently, to take a, a greatly reduced revenue share in their first few years of the agreement if they are indeed accepted into the acc with smu saying we don't need money for the first seven years which is like shows you how much money smu (laughs) has but so notre dame has been pushing for this to happen so if it happens what benefit do you see in the irish or what impact do you see on this for first
2: i would just like to say i proposed this idea about two weeks ago and it's kind of coming coming to fruition so Mark one down in the win category first of all. but <laughs> second of all, you know, I don't I don't see this as something that's like a clear cut paste or cut and dry. you know, Notre Dame helps them and Notre Dame gets X out of it as a reward, right? I think this is similar to kind of like Notre Dame and Navy, right? Like the reason why that this um, rivalry, or series of games have gone on so long is because with Notre Dame
1: D- or with Na- okay I see what you mean. Yeah,
2: yeah, Notre Dame, you know, helped Navy and Navy in turn helped Notre Dame and that's kind of been, you know, they just kind of had each other's backs going forward, right? And I think that's a similar situation with Stanford and Cal. I don't think Notre Dame really expects anything out of this. Jack Schwarberg has just been on the record saying, you know, we can't leave some of these ac- academically prestigious institutions Left out of this just because you know they're not as appealing to these big media markets and and the money that's being drawn from these. So I just think it's kind of like brothers having each other's backs, um, ultimately. And you know, sure, I think it helps Notre Dame down the road potentially if if things fall out with NBC and they have to join a conference, right? And, And it looks really good to the ACC. Um, that, you know, they've, Notre Dame's helped them in the past. They've allowed their Olympic sports to participate in the ACC, et cetera. So again, I don't see it being some sort of like big reward that Notre Dame's getting out of this. I just think it's a lot of respect and a lot, again, kind of like a brotherhood of, you know, we have your back and then hopefully Notre Dame would say, you know, maybe 20 years down the road for whatever reason, if Notre Dame found itself in a hole that these kind of, these kind of institutions would help them, you know, get out of the hole. I I think that's
1: more of what I'm looking at here. Cal and Stanford, and Stanford specifically, since that's who Notre Dame has been playing every year for a couple of decades now, there are other academic schools, and, and Notre Dame is kind of going to bat, trying to help out these academic schools. And I'm not saying that this is what I'm about to say is the reason that Notre Dame is pushing for this, but I kind of started thinking about, okay, what happens if Stanford specifically gets into the ACC? Well, you're not going to be playing Stanford every year anymore. That's that's going to go away. You're still going to be playing Stanford on a rotation because they're just going to become part of the ACC rotation. Just like Notre Dame used to have fairly regular series with both Boston College and Pittsburgh. Once those teams, once those schools joined the ACC, they weren't playing them every year again. They play them as part of the ACC rotation. And that will happen with Stanford as well. So if you're like me, and I know Vince is in this boat as well, and you're not necessarily that thrilled about seeing Stanford every year, then if Stanford is in the ACC, they're just going to become part of the ACC rotation. So you'll still play Stanford every few years, but you're not going to be playing them all the time. And like I said, it opens up, it opens up other opportunities. Like I have said, replace Stanford with UCLA, for example, in that in that every year rotation. So now every year, if you've got USC and UCLA, <laughs> every year you're going to Southern California, Los Angeles, and every year you've got one of those two schools coming here. Now, will that happen? I don't know. But if Stanford is in the ACC, that ends the annual series between those two teams. Now, that obviously means you're going to pick up Cal You're going to pick up SMU. But for Notre Dame, it also means that there are other sports, they're going to be doing more traveling by going to the West Coast to play Cal and Stanford. But uh, there are other sports are going to kind of get to make more appearances out there on the West Coast, which is still a good recruiting hotbed. So I think that there are definitely some benefits for Notre Dame and some different impacts for Notre Dame if all this actually does come to pass.
2: Yeah. And I, I do agree with you. I think there's like, there's like, there's a bunch of kind of little rewards, you know, spread out here, there, everywhere. But I guess, I guess the main point I was trying to make is there's not just one big overarching, you know, this is what Notre Dame gets out of it type situation at, at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. This comment from a uh, trader Z, the North Carolina, that's actually the women's soccer coach said that, uh, He didn't want Cal and Stanford. The ACC wanted him to die in the vine, so they don't recruit against him. Yeah, and I mean, come on, that's that's just being lazy. Let's be honest. None of this, none of this, is driven by what's going on with the soccer program, the baseball (laughs) programs, or the softball or anything else. This is driven by football. So he's going to have to live with it, just like everybody else. He's got a few national championships out there, but. Just be honest, nobody cares what the soccer coaches think in all this. It's just it's just a fact. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yep. Jesse, besides quarterback, what position will make the most improvement for Notre Dame this season? Um, so <laughs> I think this question goes hand in hand with how you think the season's
2: going to, with the outcome of the season um, and what's going to happen with the offense and Sam Hartman. I think if Sam Hartman is going to have a big year and they're going to throw for a lot of yards and, and have a lot of touchdowns, well, what's that mean? Wide receivers got to step up, catch the ball, um, and for you know whatever it is—touchdowns, uh, short yardage, big plays, whatever it might be. So I think that uh, to answer this question, it's 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 most definitely a hundred percent the wide receiver room.
1: How did I know you're going that direction? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's I mean it it makes sense because they do go hand in hand. I'll just say the defensive line though, because I think the defensive line was good last year it was it 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 was solid it was
2: average and got the job done but it didn't go over the top in any way
1: exactly and i think that this year's defensive line has a really good chance to go over the top and just be great it it, it has a chance to be maybe the best defensive line we've seen in the last 10 or 11 (laughs) at notre dame and they've obviously sent some guys to the nfl from that defensive line and so i just really high on it on the defensive line, I think it is going to be vastly improved this season. I think you're right. The receiver, the receiving room is also going to look a lot better this year because they've got that quarterback to get them the football. So those, those would be like defensive line would be my one. Receivers would be my number two. Fill in the blank. You would fill blank if Notre Dame does not cover its current 20.5-point spread against Navy Saturday.
2: Um, I wouldn't feel, ah, man, I wouldn't feel like too horrible about it. Right. Cause like, I have been looking at, you know, first of all, Notre Dame and spreads, not a fun game to play.
1: Um, <laughs> not after, not last year. It wasn't
2: not a fun game to play at all, but I started to look at the history. I like to go in 20 year samples. So we'll go back to 2003. Um, I'm counting right now. One. Uh, two or sorry, one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, twelve. Out of 20 matchups in the last 20 years, Notre Dame has covered that spread only eight times. times. Eight times, eight wow. times. So, if we're going by you know, Notre Dame's history of really not being a good spread team. And then looking at Notre Dame versus Navy in the last 20 years, and they've only covered that spread eight times, you know, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Um, but it is the first game of the year. And when Notre Dame beats Navy, they thump Navy, right? Like it's usually either relatively kind of close, um, or it's, it's just a good old thumping. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be a good old thumping this year. Um, I again, I wouldn't feel some type of way if they don't cover that spread because I think the backups are eventually going to get in, and then you know a triple option offense against backups is never really fun because it's right. a lot of assignment sound football, and who wants to play against a triple option team when
1: you're trying yep. to wrap up a game? You know Sets what I mean? Sets itself up for some backdoor covers for sure, right?
2: And so I, I again, I Notre Dame could go up twenty four, um, and then you know Navy sneak in a, a last second touchdown, right? So I don't, I don't feel bad about it I wouldn't feel bad about it but I still think Notre gonna thump them this year
1: yeah Stymie, this is this is the point here that that great point that he's making are we talking barely not covering or barely getting the win that's a great differentiation yeah and that's exactly that's the best way to put this if they win by three
2: again this year then yeah there's concern but if they win by 19 and they sneak in a last couple touchdowns while the backups are in I don't feel I don't feel uh, bad about that
1: That's why you don't touch that line. You don't touch the (laughs) spread. Don't mess with the spread. That's right. You can go point total, but don't touch the spread on this. Let's find out a little bit about this team (laughs) first after after their history of, of not being able to cover last year. That's exactly right. Fill in the blank. Notre Dame's season over under win total remains eight and a half. It'll be blank if they don't go over on that. It'll be
2: stage two meltdown if they don't go over eight and a half wins this year. Because that means nine wins. Are you kidding me? That means you're at least eight and four again this year. And what I said, you asked me a little bit ago, you know, what I deem a successful season, um, staying stagnant. And show it not showing growth, that's not a successful season. Um, I'm just gonna point out, point blank, say I'm putting a lot on that over eight and a half win total this year, and I'm thinking about even bumping it up to nine and a half, uh, and, and being at the 10, 10 win mark this season. So Uh-oh. I am I am I am very confident that this team is a nine win team at minimum, and I think everyone else should too. I don't I don't see them having another eight and four.
1: Uh, season. And it would be very disappointing if that was the case. It would be disappointment of disappointments to have back to back at best eight and four seasons in the first two years of a new head coach after all that uh, this program has done the previous five years. And then you, you add a quarterback like Sam Hartman, all these different things you go eight and four again. That means that, that not only, are you and you know? Then we have to start talking about who are the wins against, who are the losses against. Because you know, are you <laughs> yeah. going to be like last year, where you where you beat a Clemson and maybe even knock off Ohio State and or USC, but then you're losing games that you're not supposed to lose? You know, that's that's where that's where it gets even dicier. Who are you? And then, and then the conversations start changing really quickly. So it would be it would be stage five up con we're having some serious conversations here if if we're talking about not even winning nine games again yeah jason says he'd put it on the over if it's eight and a half and that's i mean i'm doing that baby it just seems too easy but there are still people like i was watching a gambling show last week and they're talking about under on notre dame and it's just i don't know like what the, I, I don't know. I, I realize, okay, you know, you've, you've lost this production. And I, 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 I don't know what else Vegas is putting all this on right now, because if I think the only thing that would make sense, because I think their defense
2: is going to be fine. I think they're going to have a great defense, a ton of experience, ton of depth. I think that their offensive line will be great. I think Sam Hartman will be great. I think the only thing that could potentially hold them back is what is a new first year offensive coordinator going to look like and for that completely falls on its face. And that could be obviously very detrimental to this team, but I don't foresee that, but I would see that as being kind of the big thing that I think others are looking at is can this offense really come together with all of the new pieces um, and and be, you know, prolific and
1: high scoring um, like we think they're going to be. So Jess final one for you tonight, the little league world series has dominated ESPN for the last week or so scale of one to 10. How into it are you?
2: um i'm not going to lie this is like a zero out of ten i haven't watched one minute i haven't watched one second um it's just (laughs) it's a great experience for those kids and i loved you know when i was a kid playing on all-star teams trying to make it all the way down to the little league world series um but outside of that and the families that are you know participating I, there's just there's just not not a lot of interest it's not good baseball there's not good umpires like and i say it's not good baseball because it's not it's just not you know professional or college baseball right like you see kids making airs and like i know they're giving their best effort and you know competition and they're good for their age and etc cetera, etc cetera, but it's just like it's still not super enjoyable to watch so I just,
1: I just always found it you know it's like okay little league and it's just it's just a when you think about the fact that they are televising and they put all this money into these games, they're, they're televising all these games. It is a random age group in a random league, basically, that they have decided to highly publicize and put on TV, basically, so that we can watch what ESPN tells us we should be watching. There are a lot of other age groups and you know leagues and baseball, you know, out there that are as you said, that are, that are actually better baseball than what you're seeing out there. And I'm not trying to like slam on the little league or whatever. I'm just not into it. And I, it, like, personally, there's been no PTI for the last couple of weeks because of <laughs> the fact that all these games are on. And then I go
2: to my Kornheiser DVR tonight. and Wilbon must love that World yeah, Series I, week. It's vacation week for them.
1: Yeah. I go to my DVR and it says that PTI is supposed to be on. So guess what happens? I flip it over there and guess what's on? a little league world series game is still on <laughs> when it says PTI is supposed to be on. So I'm sorry. I, you know, and I know it's great, great for the kids. Great experience. That's what I mean. Like I, not, I understand. I'm not like I trying it. to knock it. I'm just not into it
2: at
1: all. <laughs> Derek brought
2: up a a good point here. Uh, I, me being sick this week sucked because the Dodgers were in town and you know, me, like I, I like to go, see games like that because i get to see freddie freeman like mookie Betts, Uh stuff like that so I, i was sad that i missed out but i had a buddy so kershaw was supposed to pitch what's today thursday
3: yeah
2: kershaw was supposed to pitch tuesday the season opener they moved him to wednesday wednesday's game yesterday got rained out after three innings so kershaw's start not only got moved but then it gets washed out by the rain and so cleveland fans only got to see like two or three innings of kershaw pitching get dumped on with rain and that's about it so it's been it's been a uh it's been a, a rainy messy series against the dodgers i'm kind of glad i was a little sick because i think it would have been frustrating trying to manage these different games this week. is
1: is it as hot and muggy in cleveland right now the last couple days as it's been um, here you know 10? to
2: be honest with you i have not been outside no, all that much
1: probably but when likely. i've been outside
2: it's hard for me to say because I'm our, I, like I've had the 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 fever the fever sweats, right? And so like everything has felt <laughs> hot to me. <laughs> I'm just yeah. walking around sweating everywhere. I got up
1: this morning and all the windows on the house were steamed outside. Ooh,
2: that's how you know it's hot because the air is mixing from the coldness on the inside and the uh-huh. the hotness on the outside.
1: Yep, that's right. All right, well, that's going to do it for today and this week. We do have, again, don't forget, we've got the Countdown to Kickoff show coming up. The uh, YouTube video will be up Friday night, and the podcast, the audio podcast, will drop Saturday morning, both uh, the the main portion of the show as well as the uh, rapid-fire portion of the show. So we've got that coming up for our pregame show, and, of course, there'll be a live postgame show after Notre Dame Navy. As well, <laughs> Tommy guns. <laughs> he
2: said that there's some mailbag question in here that you didn't didn't get to, but
1: we'll get show, throw the question up there again. See, see, that's like he apparently <laughs> he like slips stuff in early, and I don't see it, and then he gets mad. So I didn't see a question. You have earlier. 30 seconds before we shut this down. That's right. Get your question in.
2: Oh, here we go. Here we go. I found it. It says, Sean, can you please explain to Jesse? that Swarbrick, how I've been saying it, and Schwarber are pronounced the same on the front end.
1: (laughs) Yes. Swarbrick. There's no, there's no eight or there's no C-H in Swarbrick. Schwarber, Swarbrick. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right. Found it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tommy, for pointing that out maybe Jack Swarbrick will appreciate that. As
2: well. <laughs> also uh, for a lot of people who have questions about constantly about Notre Dame's, you know, media and, and, and whether they join a conference or not, there's a really good interview with Dan Patrick um, and Jack out there. So if and he answers a lot of those questions, that I think people have, you know, have had kind of lingering and it's good to hear it straight from the mouth. So, you I get bored, That's a
1: good interview to kind of throw on. I saw part of it. I actually went to the to the podcast today and I, I saved that. He's got Dan Patrick show does like a best of where they put their interviews. So it's got Swarbrick. <laughs> and I can't remember if it's got Quinn or Freeman. It's got one of the two, and then there, there were a couple others. So Freeman was on there, I think, today. Brady Quinn was on yesterday. A lot of uh Leonard Notre Dame stuff out there and with uh with Dan Patrick in <laughs> Dublin. This one. Pretty cool. Good life. Yeah. Good one to live. All right. Hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you on the Countdown Show on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.